we were driving and we had reservations at the at a, a restaurant on top of the Westin Hotel. It's the tallest hotel in Atlanta. And we're driving and I can't find the the exit. And so we finally call the hotel and we're like, can you give us directions to where you are? And they're like, yeah, where are you at? And I'm like, we're at exit like 297 or some shit like that. And they're like, oh yeah, okay. Well, you need to take exit 49 or whatever. I'm like, 49? That's 200 miles. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> but it's not. It goes from like 297, 296, and then it jumps to like 58 or some shit. So like, there's no concept of why numbers are what they are on their interstates or on their exits or on their roads. Like half the streets in the city are called peach tree. There's peach tree road, peach tree street boulevard. I mean, all this shit. And you, when you say I need to go to peach tree, nobody knows which one to tell you. It's <laughs> like, it's like they took all the major points and just dropped them on a map and said, okay, fuck it. I don't feel like doing it again. And I, it's a, it's a nightmare. I can have you ever been to Atlanta, why, Brian? I, I have not, but I can tell you okay. why. And I can tell you why Atlanta has such a big gap as far as those numbers go. It's because that's how they cope with blowing a twenty-five point lead in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Boom! Probably. That's a cold open. There we go. But, uh, okay, but uh, <laughs> Atlanta. Let's go! Hello and welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian, joined by Brad and John as always. Brad, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. How are you doing, Brian? I am doing just great. Because you ask us every time, but we never ask you. I don't want to burden you guys with the painful existence that I walk through every day. So, John... How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great right now. Good. I'm so my, glad. My, my, my pick to win the ESPN Horse Challenge just advanced to the finals. You're actually you betting money on that? Yeah. I am. Are you betting Do money you have on a better it? Option for, what? No, I didn't put money on it, but I just want to be right. Wow. <laughs> You're such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who, my God. who doesn't like to be right? That's true. I enjoy being right all the time. And speaking of being right, the Panthers signed Christian McCaffrey to a four-year extension, which, by the way, does include his fifth-year option. And analytics Twitter fell apart about it. So let's let's talk about that. So Christian McCaffrey signed a four-year contract extension earlier, I guess, depending on when you're listening, it's earlier this week or last week. Um, and, uh, yeah, that happened and I'm trying to find the numbers on it. Hold on. Four years, $64 million. Thank uh, you, it, it, it's a $16 million per year extension and it keeps him on the team through 2025 when he will be, I believe it was 29 years old. So yeah, the Panthers have done another big extension for a running back something that Marty Herney is totally not known for at all. Um, they finally, after letting go of Luke Keekley, Greg Olson, Cam Newton, among many others, they finally have extended and cemented somebody as, I guess, what you'd call the face of the franchise. Um, I'll start with you, John. What do you think of the contract extension? I'm honestly expected it to be more money. Like I was kind of when I saw that it was sixteen million a season, I was like, "Oh, that's it." Yeah, much. yeah. I think <laughs> I think I saw it was, either, it. it was over yeah. the cap or spot track, but they said that they had him valued at eighteen million a season. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and if they would have waited until later in the season or next year, next offseason to do this, it would have been $18 million a year or more because as time goes on, the salary cap goes up, somebody else gets paid because they base this around Ezekiel Elliott's deal, which pays him $15 million annual value. So they wanted to beat that. Well, what happens when somebody else gets paid 16 or $17 million per year? Then they have to beat that. So doing it now actually saved them money in the long run. You know, because like John said, I was totally surprised that it was only $16 million a year valuation because it's Christian McCaffrey. I, I figured it would be around the $18, $19 million a year range. I honestly wasn't going to be surprised if it ended up close to 20, kind of like you said, but that that threshold. Because they could have very easily negotiated, like, the, like what Jimmy Graham tried to do a few years ago. Yes. And negotiated him as like a wide receiver. I know this isn't a franchise situ- franchise tag situation like that was, but just to kind of use that as leverage to be like, yeah, this is what the running back value is, but look how much wide receivers are getting paid. Yeah, and that's the thing that I don't understand why so many people are mad about this. Like, if it were, for example, if it were Jonathan Stewart, yeah, okay, I get it. You know, he's not going to give you much value outside of running the ball up the, up the middle for three yards, if he's lucky. Um but Christian McCaffrey is he's not just a running back. He's he's an elite running back for one, but he's not just a running back. He's he's a running back. He's a a slot receiver. He's he can line up outside. He's a decoy receiver. He's a kick and punt returner. Although he shouldn't do that, he has the ability to be elite at that. He's an offensive weapon. Uh he's the best player on the roster. He's the face of the franchise. And let's face it, you the salary cap is going to keep going up. So this deal is not going to cripple the team going forward. The They need weapons on offense. And quite frankly, given the rest of the offseason and the way it's gone, they got to put butts in seats. Uh, we lost our franchise quarterback, our favorite tight end, our elite linebacker. We're two years removed from losing our other linebacker, who is the heart and soul of the roster. We kind of need a reason to show up to games. And, you know, that costs money. You can't you can't just not pay players. You have to you can't have elite or good or great players without spending money to get them. They don't work for free. And I don't I don't know why people can't deal with that it's not like we have to we don't have to pay for it you know like we we don't have to kick into the christian mccaffrey salary fund (laughs) um i think like like you called him an offensive weapon which i think is very accurate like derrick henry is going to get paid and it's going to be a bad contract exactly derrick henry should not get paid 16 million dollars a year yeah because he is he is a yeah, he is very it's a very he's very very good at his skill which is power running. But that skill is not terribly difficult to replace at least to like 80% of what Derrick Henry is and it requires like Derrick Henry is not Derrick Henry if he doesn't have the Titans offensive line. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey no matter who he plays for. As is evidenced by our offensive line. Yes, and quarterback play last season. And quarterback play last year. Now, imagine what he can do with an improved offensive line with a quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater who is really good at check downs, and that's not disparaging (laughs) towards Teddy Bridgewater in any way. He's really good at short intermediate routes, which Christian McCaffrey is also good at. And... Our offensive coordinator is Joe Brady, who comes from New Orleans, who has a running back known uh, for being able to do a lot of things that Christian McCaffrey can do in Alvin Kamara. 
And I really believe that we're going to see them use Christian McCaffrey like the Saints used Alvin Kamara and either Jordan Scarlett or Mike Davis, which Gamecocks, uh, rose-colored glasses aside, I don't know why he's still on the roster. You know, he costs $3 million against the salary cap, and Jordan Scarlett can pretty much do the exact same thing for like $600,000. So I think Davis will probably end up being cut during camp. But uh, I think they're going to go with Jordan Scarlett and we're going to see them use both. So Christian McCaffrey's not going to run the ball 400 times next year. Like people are are worried about. Uh, So I, I don't see why it's that big of a problem. You bring up a really good point there, Brad. Um, So I would have been a little more concerned about this contract if Ron Rivera was still the head coach of Carolina. Oh, if Ron Rivera was still the head coach, I would absolutely hate it. I'm not going to lie. I would absolutely hate it. Because Ron Rivera would run him into the ground, much like what happened with Cam Newton. Um, So I've been having a little bit of a beef with analytics Twitter recently. I've lost some followers over it, not going to (laughs) lie. So... There's been a lot of comparisons with Christian McCaffrey's contract to guys like uh, Devontae Adams, um, Stephon Diggs, where they're like, well, this guy's got whatever pro football focus analytic measuring stick we use, and these guys are going to be projected to have a higher rating or blah, blah, blah. So I understand the thought process behind not paying a top running back that kind of money. But as you guys said, McCaffrey is not that. And Joe Brady and Matt Rule are not going to use him in that way. At least in the early goings, that's what I believe, based on their production. I mean, like you guys mentioned Joe Brady and being a new, a former New Orleans uh, Saints coach with Alvin Kamara. But also at LSU, their running back had a lot of really good production as far as like being a receiver. And... I just don't, I can't really like feasibly think of a way where they just run Christian McCaffrey down the middle all the time to him for him to have all those hits all the time. It just doesn't seem like that's their, their bread and butter as far as an offense goes. So for those of you listening who don't remember this, Christian McCaffrey was graded as a first round talent at wide receiver as well as running back. So he's not your typical running back person where you're you're not paying a guy like Ezekiel Elliott and I'm not I'm not trashing Ezekiel Elliott because I know he's a very good receiver out of the backfield but he's not Christian McCaffrey. He's not lining up in the slot and beating the brakes off a slot corner to get a first down. That's just not what who he is. McCaffrey can do that. I've seen McCaffrey beat cornerbacks on wheel routes and most of the time it was over it was overthrown honestly, but he still did his job. He is a wide receiver who can also run the ball. Exactly. Exactly. Like like a lot of people are saying he's a running back who can also receive. No, he is a wide receiver who can also run the ball up the middle. And that is is where he is. He is. He is an elite version of Curtis Samuel. I'd even argue DJ Moore, honestly. Yeah, that's fair too. Christian McCaffrey, I mean, DJ Moore slash Curtis Samuel, but elite. He's Moore only like 200 pounds. Four man's version of Christian McCaffrey. He's like 200 pounds, but he's also like built like a brick shit house too. And <clears throat> he's managed to stay healthy. He managed to stay healthy through Ron Rivera trying to run him into the ground last year where now you have some more offensive minds at the helm. I expect him to be used in a more effective way. And if they don't use him in a more effective way, they're stupid because they're they're tanking their investment in him. Um, I think there's it's hard to use him in a less effective way. Yeah, that is true. Well, I, I don't know about that. I mean, running him on the goal line on the if, on fourth and two may not yeah, be the best way. I will way say this. Reason. If they're going to just line him up in the I formation like you would do with Derrick Henry and just run him up the middle 30 times a game, then they should have just signed 
or just went with Jordan Scarlett and, and Reggie Bonifant and drafted somebody instead of paying him $16 million a year. Because, you know, there's no reason, like, Derrick Henry's going to get paid, but there's no reason to pay him when you can literally get that production out of anyone with moderate size. Hell, call up LeGarrette Blunt. I'm sure he's yeah. not doing anything right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, so I, I think, at least I hope, and they've given me no reason not to believe that they will use him the way he should be used. Like, I, I genuinely think we're going to see Scarlett and McCaffrey as our version of Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Hell, I mean, they could even they're they're Are still they running draft a running back. We don't know. They might they might not even want to use Jordan Scarlett. They might draft Clyde Edwards Hilaire from LSU in the later rounds. So Joe Brady has his guy he had in college. That would be an excellent pickup, honestly. Yeah, um, I mean, they they could potentially do that. So you know. They could also just sign another running back because there's plenty of them out on the market right now. Um, Artist Payne is available. Yeah, <laughs> got to get another look at him. So would it be? Hilarious he's not in Washington right now. Cameron Artist Payne and he like rushes for 800 yards, and then makes us all question why we signed Mr. Christian McCaffrey to this contract. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I want him to sign with Washington just because I think it'd be really funny that Ron would be like, oh, we, I, we, I just, yeah, hey, I, who's, who's <laughs> gonna look at this kid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody else that was ever that he just like came into contact with while he was in Carolina is with him there. So I would be, I would be on board with that theory, except Ron Rivera now has access to Adrian Peterson, which I know he is just <laughs> Adrian Peterson's knees are already screaming in agony. <laughs> I, I imagine that was part of it. They were like, he was like, so is Adrian Peterson going to be there when he was like trying to sign his contract? And they were like, yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll be there. He's like, all right, he just signed it real quick. Like that, that was the reason why he went to Washington because he knew he'd have Adrian Peterson, the, the, the dream running back for a Ron Rivera offense. Slash Scott Turner offense. I, uh, I wonder how long it'll take Washington fans to get mad at Ron Rivera because he's going to play Adrian Peterson like 80% of the snaps and Darius Geis will be relegated to spelling, like to like a third down, like spelling role, not like a split role. You know what I mean? I think like they're was probably going to give him some leeway because they have been a disaster yeah. for, a couple of, for a couple of years now. And I think Ron can get them at least somewhat excited about football again. That's true. But so by, like 20, by 2022, they're going to hate him. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Where you kind of you look past the uh, the shortcomings, um, because it's new and exciting. Yeah, because we like we loved Ron from 2011 till about 2015. Yeah, maybe 14 when the 14 team went seven eight. Yeah, you know we we loved Ron because he wasn't John Fox. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess they got that going for him. But I feel like that's going to be the one thing they're going to be like, no, I, I love Ron as a coach, but I really wish guys would get some more yeah. touches as opposed to 38 year old Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian Peterson's going to rush for 3,000 yards this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was to, to, to touch on the McCaffrey extension, I was looking at um, somebody posted like, might have been Johnny Kinsley on Twitter, somebody like that. Uh, most total yards in a player's first three seasons, and McCaffrey was like fifth or sixth, which includes his rookie season where he did not play nearly enough. And one of the names on there I thought was very relevant to McCaffrey's like long-term prospects and who he compares to, and it was Ladanian Tomlinson. Dude, um, Ladan- Ladanian Tomlinson is honestly the best comparison to – Christian McCaffrey, there, there really is no other player that you can compare him to aside from like Marshall maybe Falk. James Marshall Falk. Uh, that's, I guess that's true. Marshall Falk, yeah. Because Marshall Falk was the other guy most before McCaffrey, most recent to do a thousand, a thousand. Um, <clears throat> I think Thomas them... was more proficient as a receiver, but anyway, go ahead. Well, no, Falk had five straight seasons with the, or no, never mind. I was looking at. Targets. I but wasn't. Yeah. Le- I wasn't talking about stats. I was talking about like how he played on the field. Yeah, yeah. Also, no. to be fair with Marshall Falk, I mean, he was part of the greatest show on turf. Like everybody yeah. in that offense put up big <laughs> but, numbers. But the the thing I was getting at was both of them played 
like so McCaffrey's contract goes till he's 29, um, which I don't know the exact numbers, but I know the Panthers aren't going to be tied to him until he's 29. Like they'll be out, be able to be able to get out of it before then. Um, through their age, like Marshall Falk was a Pro Bowler in his age 29 season. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson ran for. 1100 yards and had 426 yards receiving his age 29 season. Like they both had started to slow down, but they were both still productive and they had been productive every single season throughout their twenties. And obviously that doesn't it a guarantee that Christian McCaffrey is too, but it's not unprecedented for five foot 10, 200 pound running backs that have heavy workloads as runners and receivers to play consistently well throughout their twenties. Yeah. I mean, the only thing the real, to derail him would be an injury at this point. Like, yeah, that happens to everybody. Like wide receiver, quarterback. Yeah. Sorry. You can't, you can't, you can't like, if you were scared to pay players because they might get hurt, you couldn't pay anybody. No, I know. I know running backs are more likely than others, but I feel like the running back thing is more, they tend to wear down faster. And if any running back I trust to not wear down, it's Christian McCaffrey, just because of the way he takes care of himself and how diligent he is with his his training and his diet and all that stuff. Not yeah, only that, like he, he didn't play in the Pro Bowl last year because and obviously this was before all the COVID-19 out pandemic happened and but he didn't play in the Pro Bowl because with Matt Rule being the new head coach that meant the offseason started a week earlier than normal and he didn't have the time in his offseason to devote to being in the Pro Bowl. Like he, yeah, had like he had to start a, his training off season training program a week ahead of schedule. Yeah, like it's it's scheduled and, down to the day. There's no like, oh, I'll take like three, four, whatever weeks yeah. off till I feel good again. Yeah. And the, the Pro Bowl is like literally the week before the Super Bowl. So like he couldn't like he couldn't even take an extra couple of days. So I, I think he'll be okay. Yeah. And there's always the chance he gets hurt, but like I said, and I've seen like glimpses of what his it's very like what his workout routine is and stuff it's very meticulous it's very like deliberately designed to like get him the work he needs to be like limber and mobile and explosive without overworking him which i think a lot of people overwork themselves especially football players and, yeah. that, and that's part of what leads to injuries yeah i mean I see I see the side of it where it's like he might get hurt or whatever, but I don't know. I just he's not the kind of player where I see him like taking a ton of big hits all the time. Like he he does get rocked every now and again when he's running up the middle, but he's not he's not like your Derrick Henry where like you're in the fourth quarter and you're pounding the rock with him. He's somebody where you'll throw a screen or you'll throw a running back uh route out of the backfield or you'll line him from the slot and throw a ball to him, or you'll hopefully put one of those running backs who doesn't matter in there and then pound the rock with them. (laughs) So I think a lot of it has to do with just what Matt Rule and Joe Brady choose to do and how they deploy him. But if they do it correctly, this could be the first one where it's like, we're not looking back in five years being like, oh, we shouldn't have paid him that money. And even if we do look like, like, if we do in hindsight say that it was a mistake, like Brad said to start this whole thing in the present, it's very important because I think you could argue that Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, and Greg Olson were the top three fan favorites on this team. And yeah, without all Christian of them McCaffrey, are gone. they have, we have no one to root for. Yeah. Like who, who is the face of the franchise or the, like the player everybody likes who leads the team at Jersey sales next season. If Christian McCaffrey's not here. Well, like Shaq, I mean, there's Shaq Thompson, DJ Shaq Moore, and Thompson, Curtis Samuel. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and whoever we draft. Mm-hmm. Maybe Matt Paradis, because I like because his name's kind of like Paradise. Maybe. Yeah, but nobody, everybody thinks he sucks. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. Like there's there's nobody, and I know Trey Boston. People, yeah, I know people don't like to to think of these things because it's. I think people look at roster building and team management from a video game perspective, but there is a marketing side of things that has to be accounted for when you, when you're building your roster. Right. Yeah. And McCaffrey is somebody who's very marketable at this point. 
Oh yeah, no, he's he's very marketable, like on the national stage, not even just for Panthers fans, and that's important for for a team, especially a team in Carolina. Like we're not we're not going to get attention or get like just for existing, like the Packers or the Cowboys or the NFC, the rest of the NFC East and stuff like that. Imagine Teddy Bridgewater, the most marketable player that we have. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Teddy Bridgewater in our first round pick. Especially if we draft a quarterback. Like, I, I've just convinced myself it's going to happen. It's not going to happen, John. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be disappointed. I've gotten to a point where I'll be disappointed if it doesn't happen. I've just, I've gotten myself so onto that idea for some reason. And it also made me like, I'll be more irritated about the Teddy Bridgewater Cam Newton situation if we don't draft a quarterback. So that's probably why I'm rooting <laughs> for it so hard. Nah, man. Isaiah Simmons. There you go. Well, speaking of I mean, draft, I'd be happy with Isaiah Simmons. That's a good segue. Yeah, it's a great segue. Because we can talk about my selection in the SB Nation writers mock draft. So your selection and was Isaiah Simmons, correct? No, it was not. Was it Derek Brown? Well, fuck it was Derek me. Brown. Um, I picked seventh. They... I'm going to answer some rapid fire questions before you ask them. If you're <laughs> listening to this show, um, we went in order. Each blog had a representative. Most of them were the managing editor and they picked in order. I picked seventh because that's where Carolina picks. I was not allowed to trade down. I was not allowed to trade up. I was not allowed to pick someone who had already been taken. So I had first pick like, Joe Burrow, second pick yeah, Joe Burrow, third I, I pick Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow, but they told me no. Um, <laughs> so let me get let me just, get the draft just, order. Um, the, the explanation, but, uh, like the the trade the the no trades thing, is a great idea in these like simulated mocks. Because exactly. from my experience, when when people in mocks that don't matter and have no like future obligations. They get so trade happy, especially with players on the roster, because people want to hoard draft picks so they could participate more. Yeah. So like teams will trade like their franchise quarterback to the Bengals so they can draft Joe Burrow just so they can like do a thing, even if it messes up the actual team in the long run. Oh, I, I absolutely will admit now, if I could have traded, I would have traded all of my picks to not have to do this. <laughs> um, I, do you guys remember when Oldham would do the mock offseason? Yes. I did it one time and it like team people. There were some people that were so into it. And I've seen this in other places too. Where like they would trade. Like I said, they would trade their quarterback and they would end up with like five picks in the first two rounds and like nobody on their actual roster just so they would have like more resources to be like, all right, I, have, I get to draft 19 players in this draft and sign 10 free eight. I get to basically make a brand new 53 man roster when it was totally unfeasible to do that in real life. It would never actually simulate like a lifelike situation. <laughs> That's the thing I hate about trading down in mock drafts because what incentive does the other team have to trade up? Yeah. Especially not knowing who they value. Cause you're just kind yeah. of guessing. Yeah, exactly. There is, it's yeah, a their team's time. Yeah. Teams will fall in love with prospects and trade up. But it's but for like a particular who. guy. Yeah. yeah. It's not like a team trading up for a position. Yeah. Okay. So the Bengals took Joe Burrow, obviously. Wow. At one. Washington took Chase Young. The Lions took Jeff Okuda, which pissed me off. <laughs> um, the Giants took Tristan Wirfs. The Dolphins took Tua Tagaviola, which made me happy because I didn't have to hold my nose and pick him. And then the Chargers picked Isaiah Simmons. God damn it! At six. That's surprising. I was, very, I was very upset. And I'm surprised they didn't take a quarterback. But, so, my best choice, and according to Dan Kadar, who is the mocking the draft guy from SB Nation, the guy that does this, the by the five best remaining players were Derek Brown, Jerry Judy, Mackay Becton, Jedrick Wills, and CD Lamb. Okay. Judy and Lamb are wide receivers. We do not need a wide receiver. We have like 27 on the roster. 
Yeah. And I wasn't taking a wide receiver at number seven anyway, because even if we only had five or six, we have DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Like you don't take a receiver at seven. If you have DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Can I with, make a, make a comment here? Yes, go ahead. It would be really fun to just go all in on offense though. It would be. Yeah. <laughs> like I, was, I, will not lie, I, I will not lie. I was tempted to take Jerry Judy. I really was. <laughs> Um, it just it would be fun to just go all in and be like, yeah, we're gonna lose every, we're gonna turn the NFL to a Big Twelve. That's fine. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna lose every game, fifty eight to fifty five. But damn, yeah. it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. You you <laughs> will get all of your fantasy points in these games. Yes. Um, Mackay Becton, I didn't know, and Jedrick Wills are both offensive tackles. I didn't know enough about them. But I also know that we traded for Russell Okung, and I didn't think they would draft an offensive tackle in the first round because they traded for Okung, and they have Greg Little. So, I mean, and given the fact that we lost Gerald McCoy, Vernon Butler, Dontari Poe in free agency, and that Kwan Short and Woodrow Hamilton are the only two defensive tackles on the roster, literally the only two defensive tackles on the roster, I took Derek Brown. Um, in this situation, if it were real, like all things are available to me, all resources, I would have traded down if possible, because I think that's what Marty Herney would try to do in this situation because I really wanted Isaiah Simmons. And if Isaiah Simmons wasn't available, I wanted Jeff Okuda. Those are the two players I think the Panthers could benefit from the most. And neither one of them, the neither one of them were there. So I took the best guy at the biggest need and it took me like 10 seconds to come up with the pick and like 10 minutes to, to write up my reasoning for it. I thought it was pretty cut and dry. So I'm looking at a consensus mock draft um, on fantasypros.com. Uh, 72% of mock drafts from their, uh, the 12 that they've gathered have Derek Brown going to the Panthers. So that seems to be a pretty commonly mocked pick. And I'm, all of the other ones said Isaiah Simmons. I mean, it yeah. makes sense. They only have two defensive tackles on the roster, and you got to pair mm-hmm. somebody with K1 short. Yeah. Uh, out of 1,178 votes on SB Nation, 64% graded it an A. Wow. That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about you. All right. Fire, yes, fire Marty. Get Brad in there. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Um, of course, the hate my hater contingent did show up. 16 people gave me a D and 17 people gave me an F. So I still have my haters. Nice. Um, 27% gave me a B. So of the 1,178 over a thousand were either an A or a B. So I'll take it. <laughs> can't please everybody. No, you can't please everybody. And I know some of those people who voted D and F did it just because, you know, they don't like me, but you know, fuck you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm right. So eat a D. Um, but anyway, um, the thing about Brown is Matt rule has said this n- numerous times. He's, he wants people who can be multiple. And Derek Brown can be multiple. He can play defensive end in a 3-4 alignment. He can play defensive tackle in a 4-3 alignment. And, you know, he can he can rush the passer. He can stuff the run. He can he's a very elite tackler. And he's a bully. At the he's a bully. I mean, I mean, he he's just a he's a premier defensive tackle when we need one. And I don't, if he's there and nobody wants to trade up to get somebody else, I don't see an issue with getting him at seven. So real quick thing. So you guys remember 2013? Uh, Vaguely. Vaguely. So you remember the season before that Carolina's defense was horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, Granted, they did draft Luke Keekley in 2012, but what happened that turned that defense around? It wasn't exactly Luke Keekley that he was huge. It was that they drafted two big-time defensive tackles in the first and second round, which they fell into Dave Gettleman's lap, but that was 
really good drafting well, Starla Star Tule and Jaylon Short actually took GM work. And I wrote, you can find it on CSR. I wrote at the time that K1 Short would probably end up being one of the steals of that draft. And he was. And he was. Yeah. And because at Purdue, he was playing nose tackle and was playing overweight, like out of necessity. Right. He wasn't playing his natural position. And when he came to Carolina, they put him in his natural position and voila, he's our best defensive lineman. Right. And I think that I think I know, I know where you're going with that. I think Derek Brown has a chance to have the same effect. Yeah. My thought process on it is granted, this isn't a Ron Rivera defense we're looking at anymore. So it's not the same, you know, it's not the same, uh, philosophy but it turned that defense around real quick to have two top tier defensive tackles and obviously k1 short is returning from injury hopefully he stays healthy but you bring a guy like Derek brown in, and all of a sudden it goes from being a really bottom tier run defense to you got two really good guys in the rush defense on as far as like working the gaps and whatnot um, especially if they find a way to add somebody who can be a difference maker at the linebacker position, that could that could shore up that rush defense real quick if they if they add somebody like Derek Brown. So I'm on board with uh, adding a defensive tackle, a top tier one in the first round because I believe that that will push them forward quite a bit to have somebody to have somebody alongside K1 Short to do some dirty work in the trenches. Yeah, especially if if the draft plays out like our mock draft did and the Lions take Okuda at three overall and the Chargers take Simmons at six, like, I mean, why wouldn't you pick Derek Brown? I don't think it'll go like that, though, because, A, somebody's going to trade up for a quarterback. And might B, be the Panthers. And it might be the Panthers. But, B, Joe Burrow, 2020. I will be surprised if the Chargers don't draft a quarterback. Yeah, like I was just talking about that consensus mocks that I was looking at. Um, Justin Herbert is resounding favorite to be to be drafted by the Chargers in their consensus mocks. Yeah, and I'm sure, um, not in this one, but I'm sure a lot of the people that don't have Justin Herbert going there have like two going there because they have Herbert going to the Dolphins. Yeah, somebody is going to, I think, trade up with Detroit to take mm-hmm. Tua or Herbert, one one of them. Or to trade in New York. Imagine if we traded with Dave Gellman. Wouldn't that be a... Yeah, <laughs> oh my great. God, yeah. It's a fun thing. I mean, that's kind of... Cincinnati's that's... taking Joe Burrow. That's the worst kept secret. Mm-hmm. Washington will take Chase Young. There's no way they're going to draft a quarterback. I don't think. They have Kyle Allen now. They're fine. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, they're going to take the best defensive lineman. I will be surprised if they don't. Ron Rivera loves him some defense. Though I don't know. Ron Rivera might draft somebody like Isaiah Simmons. You know, he might shock the world. Do you, do you, what do you think happens in Detroit? Detroit's virtual war room if Chase Young doesn't go second. I imagine they I all love, blow their loads everywhere. The hard cam on Matt <laughs> Patricia if if Chase Young <laughs> is on the board when it's his turn to pick. Yeah. South Park Randy Marsh with the ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that I, that's what I imagine too. They like they might not get the pick in in time because they're going to be so discombobulated from like they might <laughs> they might start celebrating and be so joyous that they forget to actually turn the pick in. You'll just you'll just kind of cut to their war room and they're all just like cracking up, laughing, laying on the ground as the as the timer yeah. starts to expire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, Something like that happens. Like everybody seems to think it's going to be uh, Burrow, Young, Akuda, like one, two, three. But if every year, like something changes at the top. Yeah, I've learned to not to not even fucking look at these mock drafts anymore because of that. Because there's always a team who dra- who trades up. And they trade mm-hmm. way too fucking much to get a quarterback. It happens every year, and it's because Tua's going to be the guy this time. Somebody's going to trade way too much to draft Tua. 
and they're going to regret it. You're very anti-Tufu. I am. And it's... <laughs> I, I understand that it's 2020 and medicine has come a long way, but there's a lot of concern about his hip. And he's been injured more than once. And he's not that good. He's just... It's not Sounds hard. Like it's not hard to be good when you're playing at Alabama behind their offensive line with Jerry Judy and um, Ruggs. I can't think of his full name. Henry. Henry. Henry Ruggs are your two wide receivers. Like how can you, how can you not be good? Counterpoint. Uh, Alabama quarterbacks before two were not good with similar supporting casts. Jalen Hurts was good. He was all right, but he wasn't like he got benched for Tua. Well, that's <laughs> and I know he came. He had one bad game. Yeah, but no, I understand. There, I can see the skepticism with that. I don't think players should be punished for having good supporting casts because it's kind of like we talked about in the Panthers episode, the 2015 Panthers episode. Um, like. Two is not like he can't just be like I'm going to transfer away from Alabama to show you guys. No, I don't. No, no, no. I don't think he should do that. But I mean, I, I just don't think he's as elite as they say he is. I think he's getting a little bit of Alabama quarterback hype. Um, he's also left-handed, and as a <laughs> left-hander, that kind of screws. It goes against him because a. The ball rotates differently. B, they have to flip the offensive line. Now, granted, if if any team needs to do this, it's us because our offensive line is in shambles anyway. So plus, I think modern day NFL, it's you kind of want your line to be somewhat symmetrical, so to speak. Yeah, like you kind of do. Uh, like it's now you don't have like the problem now as it was twenty years ago. Yeah. But I just I think whoever trades up for him is going to regret it. And my biggest concern is his hip. That sixty eight year old hip. I'm more concerned about the the injury history than the hip itself. Um, like the if it was if he had just had the hip injury, and that's it, I wouldn't really be concerned about it. The fact that he's been hurt like three or two years in a row for different things is yeah. more concerning to me. Which means Carolina's going to draft him. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad. I also don't want to draft him because we just drafted Will Greer. That was and, the old regime, Brad. Yes, I know. <laughs> but I just why keep Will Greer and then draft another? Why do that? You know. Well, I don't think they drafted Will Greer with the expectation of him ever being a starter. Like, no, I don't think. Did. So I don't think they say like, well, we can't draft a face face of the franchise quarterback because we drafted a backup last year. But also, why sign Teddy Bridgewater? Why not just draft? Like, if you're going to draft Tua or Herbert, then just draft them and then just put them out there. You know, Teddy Bridgewater becomes redundant at that point. I've talked about this. It's like the Bears with Mike Glennon and the Cardinals with Sam Bradford and stuff. Yeah, We, we should talk about it again. (laughs) <laughs> just really drive home my quarterback drafting theory. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, they, I, I did, I did see in the comments of, I think it was probably Billy's article about the top quarterbacks in the draft. And everybody was like, there, I don't, there's no way the Panthers draft a quarterback that this year. And I'm not saying they will for sure, but I don't think it's wise to like write it off. Like, I think it's, very, it's very a, possible that the Oh, the it wouldn't shock me in the least if they draft a quarterback. I don't think they'll do it at seven, but they will do it. No, I mean yeah. like Ron like Will Greer one hundred percent, even though he's you know, he was drafted by Marty Herney, who is still here, that's he's still kind of a holdover. Like they're like it does it would make sense for rule to at least maybe like if a quarterback comes up who fit his scheme in college or fits the scheme they have now for him to draft that guy and just bump Will Greer off. It's not like he has any linkage to Will Greer. It's not, he's not going to get fired over getting Will Greer cut. Yeah. Like it doesn't Marty make any though for the public, the public, uh, public reaction. 
Yeah. Like I, we I, draft I, either Jake Eason, Jacob, um, Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm, Jalen Hurts in the later rounds. It wouldn't shock me. They got to find somebody to replace Kyle Allen. So I don't think Kyle Allen's replaceable. That's true. He was a really good quarterback. Very good. Marty could draft Kelly Bryant, who's um, went to Missouri via Clemson. I forgot about that guy. <laughs> I kind of like uh, Jordan Love. I know he had a, like a bad last season, but um, he, him, and Justin Herbert. Like the general thing that I've seen about them is like Justin Herbert thrives within structure, but he doesn't do so well when plays break down. And Jordan Love has inconsistency, but he's good when plays break down. And yeah, from if what you I've... could take them together and make one quarterback, it would be like <laughs> yeah, like Lamar but, Jackson. <laughs> but but what I perfect what I don't, quarterback. And I've only been paying attention to this for a few years and why nobody else seems like not nobody, but why NFL teams don't seem to be figuring this out. Like drafting quarterbacks who thrive within structure, like that's such an overrated trait because I feel like any halfway decent quarterback thrives within structure. Like look at what happened with Ryan and T- Ryan Tannehill this year. Like he couldn't do anything with the Dolphins. He goes to the Titans who have a really good offensive line where he can go through his reads cleanly and stuff like that. And all of a sudden he's an MVP candidate. Like, that's not who you're looking for. You should look for players that can th- succeed without, regardless of the situation, like Deshaun Watson. Like, that's why Deshaun Watson's so good. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's so good. Ryan I don't understand Tannehill why. Is a good quarterback. You stop that. Stop <laughs> but I don't player. understand why that's not being valued more. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, like, like a lot. I think there's a lot of quarterbacks who come out of the NFL draft that they're like, oh, they, they, they thrive in structure where it's like the guys who are elite in the NFL draft or excuse me, not the NFL draft, just the NFL in general are the ones who can make shit happen no matter what's going on in the field. And exactly. So that's what you should be looking underrated for. Underrated right? trait. I agree. Yeah. Like I read Justin Herbert's scouting report and it's like, if, if you, if you protect him and he can see his first read, he's great. It's like, okay, so can every other quarterback. Yeah. But it's like, but if you, if you ask him to like, go through his reads or make plays when under pressure and he, he starts to break down. It's like, okay, so he's going to be bad unless the rest of his team is great. Like, why not take the guy who is steady, no matter what the team around him is like. That's just my, my two cents. Do you remember there was a commenter on CSR a long, long time ago. I can't remember what his name was, but I remember he didn't type with very good grammar. And he was a really nice guy, and I remember he would kind of he would almost spam threads, and people kind of got annoyed because he would always talk about like the number one trait for quarterbacks is handling pressure. People were like, oh yeah, 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 whatever. And I was like, oh, he's he's actually he's onto something. Do you remember that guy? Vaguely. Yeah, I can't remember anything, but I, I, I've 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 come around to his way of thinking because I remember that's why he said he liked Cam and he didn't like Blaine Gabbert. Because that was the whole, that was his like evaluation thing, and he seemed to be pretty spot on with it. Yeah, I mean it. Now you're gonna have me losing sleep over trying to figure out who that was. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know who I'm talking about, don't you? It was like I, seven years ago. Yeah. And I just, he just popped back into my brain. Like, I just found the link to that memory in my brain after it had been gone for who knows how long. Is Brian still here? Don't know. Brian? He's been very quiet. Guess not. Well, did you have anything else about the draft you want to talk about? No. There, there it goes. Um, I don't think there's much point in talking about the second round just because no because it's a crap shoot like, like yeah the like the only we just reason touched i on. did that mock draft was because i had to yeah the first round especially with picking seventh like there is a pretty limited pool with which to discuss mm-hmm. um once you get to the second round like people are going to get picked that aren't even in mock drafts and people are going to get that are projected to go in the top 20 are going to be available like, it's not really worth you know hemming and hauling over can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. I don't know what happened, but I was uh, 
Yeah, very muted. I was trying to talk during that time, and I was like, I can't tell if they hear me or not, or if they're just nope, ignoring sure me. couldn't. All right, well, that makes sense. Um, I think we've pretty much talked about all there is to talk about for right now. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I feel like I had something to add, but then, like, I think Brad just added exactly the point I was going to make, <laughs> so it didn't really matter. Um, so, yeah, that's the uh, NFL draft, and the Panthers will – probably not take a quarterback since John's that's, that's what John's predicting. So not uh, predicting it. Just now you you're certain of it. <laughs> hear it in your voice. Hear it in your soul. So wouldn't that ready. give us something fun to root for though? Eh, not really. I'd prefer to root to root for Isaiah Simmons because Brian Burns was my pick last year and I ruined it for you. So I want to do the same thing this yeah, year. Yeah, do not do not ruin it for me. <laughs> speaking Still of that, mad at you. <laughs> speaking of that, we'll probably do something similar this year for the draft, even though it'll all be done at GM's homes. But we will probably be doing a live breakdown of the draft. Hopefully, the Panthers don't trade down because I know Brad is alongside me in that we don't want to be on for like several hours waiting oh, for the Nick. Oh God. I'd yes. rather them just pick the best player available at seven because then we can go break it down and quite frank. I would rather them just pick two a tagle of Howard in the fuck you say his name two uh, <laughs> at seven than to trade down. Unless they only trade down to like ten. Yeah, then that's okay. That's that's a that's a because I don't want I don't want to watch the entire first round and have to actively be engaged with it. Like I want it to be background noise on my TV. Yeah. Well, since Brad's Brad usually desires certain things from the Panthers and they end up going the opposite. So we'll probably end up trading down because of that. So have fun with all those extra picks and your mock drafts. Maybe we'll trade up and then Brad will have fewer picks to recap. They're trading up for Joe Burrow. I've been saying, I have an idea. I have an idea. I have an idea. Hear me out. I'll sign up for like a second round pick to to recap, and that way it's guaranteed we trade it. Yes, because they always trade my picks that I sign up to cover, and that means we'll <laughs> trade up, and so Brad won't have to wait as long. Yes, that is true, pick. John. I don't know if people know this. Every year in our our staff, we we all sign up to do cover a draft pick, and every year John signs up for one, and they trade it. I don't. I think I got my pick last year, but I there was last like a, year you did cover one. But there was a legit like four or five years in a row where the pick that I was supposed to cover got traded. It was it was incredible. Hmm. <laughs> well, they did trade up for Greg Little last year, so maybe you just weren't high enough on the pecking order for that one. But you're yeah, a little higher now. You're a little <laughs> higher now, so maybe it'll work out. We'll see. We'll see. Um, well, thank you for sticking around with us and, uh, listening to our breakdowns. Hopefully we'll bring it. We'll be, well, I shouldn't say hopefully we will be bringing you more content as the draft happens, (laughs) um, to talk about whoever the Panthers inevitably trade for that you'll all be mad about. So this is Brian joined by Brad and John as always stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. And also, new stuff, wear face masks, if you can, out in public. Thanks, and have a great week. See you. Later.